Motorcast Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. Hi guys, me and Dave with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Tima. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hi, welcome to Pit Pass Radio. I'm Tony Wink. With me is... PJ Dorn, our producer Jack and Leanne DeLeon, the, the uh, DeLeon duo. Big thanks to our contributors would be Ed Camp, Chris Bishop, and Tommy Boy Halverson. Pit Pass Moto is an Evergreen Podcast production. You can check out all their podcasts at evergreenpodcast.com. All right, we've got a uh, full show here, but uh, before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that went on this past weekend. Not mentioning that James Stewart released a video finally, uh, but uh, we'll talk a little about that. That's a pretty big deal. I, we've been waiting on James Stewart to come out for a long time and tell us what he's up to. You see hints of it here and there, but he's been really just being a dad, and, and it's interesting that he's, you know, he was the fastest man on the planet, and, that he, and then he just walks away from the sport and left a lot of, I feel like he left a lot of us fans hanging, and we still we all still love him. So we, it, it's cool. It's available on Vimeo. You'll see it on uh, Cycle News. I'm sure RacerX. I, I haven't seen it on RacerX, but I'm sure they've got it up there. Um, there's all the all the dirt bike websites. I'm sure have a link to it. This past weekend, Supercross was in Houston on Saturday for another Triple Crown with the three main events. They average your score for the overall, and guess what? Cooper Webb once again. <laughs> Gets the overall. He was not the fastest guy on the track. In fact, he finished with a uh, 2-1-3 finish. It was kind of an off night for Coop, but um, got her done like he does. The fastest guy on the track, though, was Marvin Muskin. And Marvin went 5-3-1. And the reason he went 5-3-1 is he was ran off the track not once. By his teammate. Not twice, <laughs> but three times. Twice by Cooper Webb. Once by Dean Wilson, who's kind of sort of in the same neighborhood of, of the same team. They're not, but they come from the same family with the bikes. Man, tough, tough day for tough Marvin. Tough day for Marvin. It, it looks like the, there's currently no... Uh, trotting out any team orders uh <laughs> the, that red bull team uh, clearly those two riders were communicating with one another on track uh throughout the night so do you think th- this is going to be a, a something that we're going to watch for the rest of the the uh do you think marvin's going to retaliate do you think you know cooper just is a little bulldog he's just so good at at he was way. he was definitely set the tone for what he wanted to have happen on the track for sure. And he has been that guy all year long, and it shows. Uh, Marvin Muskin got second. Dean Wilson finishes third. Pretty happy for Dean. You know, it's, it's kind of a success story. He was a privateer at the beginning, riding Husqvarna with some help from from uh, a CBD company. And uh, Rockstar, of course, th- when uh, a spot came open on the team, they called Dean up, and, and it was pretty good. Tomac. Eli Tomac finishes fourth with a 6-7-2 finish. Man, I'm telling you, I something's not right in Tomac land. Something is incorrect with Tomac. It is not the, the for him to back off at the finish line like he did. That just pa- chopped the gas and didn't jump it and gets passed at literally at the line. He had it was his place and he quite literally gave it away. Um, unheard of, as you said, Tony, when we were talking off air. No one at this level does that. Not when you're talking about 
points that matter for a season-long battle that's by no means over. Giving up points uh, like that is definitely not Tomac we know. It's not anybody at that level that we know. Nobody has gotten to that level and, and ridden like that. And you and I wish we could we, – we all wish we could ride – Anywhere near what anywhere these guys near can do. what they're doing on an off day, but it's pretty telling that there's there's more going on with Eli Tomac than what we can see. And, and then he came out in the third race and showed signs of being the Tomac we do know. So it, I don't know if it was bike. It'd be interesting to find out. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him because that's just unlike Tomac to not be a hundred percent ready. I didn't hear anything about him being unhealthy. Did you? I've heard rumors that he's got Epstein Barr, but I think those are just rumors. And I, I no, I have not seen anything. We've not had Eli on for a while. They're not a lot of times. Guys aren't available when they're when they're you know, doing things, anything less than the best. Right? They're not when things aren't clicking. They don't want to come on the show and talk. And and I respect that. Uh, are you a fan of the Triple Crowns? I am. I mean, it was entertaining. It uh, watching it all in one sitting. Every every. Uh, Every gate drops a race. Every race I, counted. Every race counts. So I dig that. You know, heats and qualifiers are fun and have their place, but it's a night. It breaks up the whole season. I think I like it. Uh, you know, again, every gate drop mattered, uh, and the races are quicker, faster paced. So that made it entertaining. That that for that reason, I like it. Um, there's a lot more downtime. I feel when you when you have that many different races, that many gate drops, you know, track prep and, and that kind of thing. Uh, they're hectic, though. There's no doubt that the t- triple crowns are hectic. This is the third. This is the final one that they're going to have uh, with the three race format. Dylan Ferrandis gets the win, the French rider, um, with a two one two. R.J. Hampshire finishes second. Cole Nichols finishes third. Adam Cianciarella, who is the t- is the points leader. The, the team, uh, the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki rider, he's the team, he's he's holding the, the, the fort for Mitch Payton, right? And he had an off night. He went a 1-10-3. You saw him go down. It was, it was, so now we've, we went from a seven-point de- deficit to a five-point deficit. So Adam Cianciarillo says he welcomes the challenge in his post-race <laughs> interviews, but I know. Oh, he's <laughs> not enjoying giving away those points, and he knows better than anyone. How quick they can go. Yes. All right. So uh, I know there's a ton of stuff going on in MotoGP. We've got a guest on the on the line. I want to I want to get to him. We'll get to that stuff later. Yep. I can't uh, wait to talk about it. We've got a full show. We're going to talk to Evan Smith, who is an off-road racer. Also, Larry Pegram, the worm. Uh, Pegram is uh, doing some flat tracking, we saw. And um, these uh, obviously a very uh, been on the show 100 times through his road racing career. So we'll have the worm on, Cody Barnes, who's pseudo-loco for us here. He is racing the XC3 class in GNCC, putting it down, doing very well. He's a factory rider for Beta, and um, couldn't be happier for Cody Barnes. He's a good kid. Uh, Cody Wettstein is, is, Corey Wettstein, excuse me, is, uh, oh, he's our first guest, actually. Um, I think I'm saying that right, Wettstein, Corey Wettstein. We'll bring him on now. Corey, am I butchering your name? Uh, Corey Wetstein. Wetstein. All right. So uh, yeah. I'm going to say it differently throughout the entire interview. Um, Mix it oh, up a little. All right. <laughs> so uh, Corey has a, has a uh, movie out on Amazon Prime, and it's called The Vision. And you can it tells a story of young athletes trying to become the next legends of off-road racing from GNCCs to National Hare and Hounds and Endurocross. This action-packed short film is one you will not want to miss. Is that right? 
Yeah. It, uh, we, I traveled around all by myself and just, and kind of came in contact with a bunch of different riders who were at the, I don't know, kind of at the top of their game in whatever discipline and just tried to show their story a little bit. How'd you get involved with this, Corey? Um, I've been filming for the past, like, five years, uh, and I started Backyard Moto, um, when I was in high school, and then I started, uh, but then I just, I was like, well, I kind of want to make a movie and show these different writers, so I just kind of texted everyone, on, or DM'd them on Instagram, and luckily enough came in contact with some guys like Josh Toth and uh, Ricky Russell and uh, uh, Dalton Shirey and many more. So uh, Backyard Moto, that's a, that's an Instagram page, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they got pretty popular. Uh, it grew a lot. It it grew a lot faster than I thought it would for me. Just kind of making videos with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, and then as the edits got better, they kind of it grew more, but it's kind of stalled out the past year or so just because I haven't been making anything new because I've been in college. Are you studying something in college that relates to this, I would imagine, or are you going a whole new direction? Uh, I'm studying marketing. Right on. So that definitely... Similar. Yeah, and you'll you'll have use for your filming skills. I found it interesting uh, that you uh, took the time and for a time at least focused somewhat on the off-road racing world and the younger crew of riders um you you is it correct your brother was in fact racing off-road or you know desert racing yeah yeah he raced the national handhound series the past two years and switched to work this year and he's leading the 250a class in the handhounds till he crashed and broke his wrist at the second to last round bummer in 2017 yeah <laughs> that is what it is so if he's your bro being your brother did he get to be in the movie yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> Have you been down to, I mean, clearly you were focusing north of the border. Have you been down to Baja at all for uh, that type of off-road racing yet? I have not. I I mean, I'm friends with, like, David Como, and he's raced down there. He's won a couple championships, but and talking to him about it, it sounds way sick. It'd be way cool to go down there and film and stuff and just ride in general. I'll be doing the thousand this year, and I, I don't know even know which team I'll be on yet. But um, you should come down. You should come down and hang out, and we'll we'll help you uh, find a spot. You bring a bike. You can you can ride to the spots you know to film or whatever. And oh, that'd be yeah, that'd be way sick. I ride my pre runner bike when you're oh, out that'd filming. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Be and it'll All get right, you yeah, some time away from right. college. <laughs> yeah, it is in November. Nice. Can you can you get away in November? Oh, I should probably make time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're. Let's get back to the movie, The Vision. Um, I know Cooper Abbott's in it, right? Who else is in it? Uh, we have Cooper Abbott, uh, Tayson Weeks, one of our good friends. He's he's friends with my brother, and then uh, uh, Chance Fullerton, who won the 250 Pro Hare and Hounds Championship, and then Ben Kelly. Uh, let's see who else we got. So Ben's doing XC2 this year? Yeah, Ben Kelly's doing XC2 this year, and I don't think he's 
I think he's won every round so far. So not bad. Yeah, he's been, <laughs> and then he won the championship last year. Yeah, he's rocking the number one plate. It's it's definitely the big fat wide number number one is KTM. It looks good. Yeah, he he's been killing it this year. Okay, so we got Dolan Shirey, Chance Fortune, Tyler Lynn. And Tyler Lynn actually raced Baja on the 1X team last year, or the 500. That, uh, Tyler Lynn? Yeah, that's an awesome race. Um, that, that team is no joke. I mean, when you, when you say somebody raced on that team, that shows that they are a fast rider. And, and, uh, that's, uh, yeah, for the 500, too. I mean, this year it was pretty hot. Um, how did it go for him? Do you know? Uh, he ended up second overall, the team did. Wow. And he's 17. Yeah, that's... By the way, Ben Kelly's won every single round. Yeah, I just looked it up. So, he's uh, he's a bit on the gas. What have you done with the, the film? I mean, uh, the vision's great concept, excellent execution. What's the future for the film? I mean, is it done and dusted just a project that uh, you wanted to get done or is there some uh, marketing use for it that uh, you're going to be able to utilize going forward uh, the plan right now I think is just that one's kind of done I don't think I'm going to add anything to it it's just going to kind of stay the way it is and hopefully not this year but next year do another project but this year I'm going to relaunch my YouTube channel and we're going to do go around and do some videos with guys like Wyatt Linesmith, who does the Supercross Future program. And he's got, I think he's got his points for Supercross now. And maybe try and get back east with some of those guys again. And just some more off-road stuff. But, Corey, when we were... Just the YouTube videos, yeah. When I was a kid, uh, the, uh, the Crusty Demons of Dirt movie came out. And yeah, dude, it was a it was a cha- game changer for all of us guys riding dirt bikes. It really was. It was. I loaded up the van and moved out there. I went to Glamis and lived there for a winter. I'm not kidding. And it it was so cool. And now there's there's a lot of videos out there. How do you differentiate differentiate yourself from all the other the you know moto all these other videos that are that are out there and series that they have. Yours is based, you know, the, the vision is both off-road, which makes it different already. But what do you see as a, as a producer when you're when you're getting film and that kind of thing, you're putting it together, what is it that you see that's, that, that sets you apart from everybody? Um, so the biggest thing I found was, I mean, exactly, there's a lot of content out there right now, especially with Instagram. I mean, people don't even half the time want to go look at a YouTube page i mean they're just fine watching the one in one uh one minute instagram clips that axel hodges or buttery films puts up which are sick but i mean they're kind of like phone i mean they do some good content but a lot of them are just phone whips or writing 110s and but so i tried to do something more along the lines of like off-road but the younger crowd because i don't feel like that's been done really at all, or if not, at least for a while. So, that was the goal with this one, but I feel like my editing has gotten a lot better, and I'm, I hopefully get, my filming isn't the best, but 
I've learned a lot from doing this movie, so it's just going to get better as we go, too. What do you shoot with, and what do you edit with? Is it all your own equipment? Yeah, I have a Canon ADD, and then I have Final Cut. I have ADD, um, too. Yeah, you think yeah, you mean something a little camera. different. Not Canon ADD, <laughs> just yeah, ADD. Just, just the straight stock version, right? From Look, the, the squirrel. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. Uh, that's expensive, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, all the equipment's pretty expensive. I was lucky enough to get, like, that kind of stuff. as like Christmas presents and stuff when I was in high school. My parents were pretty nice with that kind of stuff, so. Oh, you got your parents and you got Santa Claus. I mean, there's a lot of people to ask. They really they kick in. Yeah, Easter's yeah, right around Santa. the corner. You can't forget about that guy. What about Easter Bunny? He's, a, he, he's coming up. He's. Oh, that's true. Are you done? Are you are you done with the riding now? I know you had some injuries, as does anyone who generally rides, but certainly racers are more prone to it. I mean, do you see yourself getting back out there and racing at any point, or are you really committed to more of the displaying via film uh, side of the the motorcycling world? Uh, definitely more film. I went out and uh, rode over spring break. And I was kind of, I've been, I've been working out a lot. I was like, well, maybe I'll try and get back into it a little bit. Because I did a race last fall, and I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I'm going to try and get back into it. And I was so slow, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. I don't have time for this with trying to graduate from college and that kind of stuff. So, but mainly film. <laughs> gotcha. And it's not that... Racing is not for everyone and not for everyone all the time. Uh, certainly uh, yeah. numerous racers we know go through, you know, off periods of racing, then on periods, and it's, it takes a lot. Yeah, I'll definitely do some races here and there, like probably the West Hair Scramble up in Idaho and just some fun stuff just to mess around and hang out. But as far as trying to take anything serious, like I... Like, I mean, I didn't take it that serious, but as far as I tried to go in high school, probably not. Just kind of path has changed a little bit, but focus more on film and see where that takes me. You ever been to Loretta's? Uh, no, I tried to qualify and made it to the regional and the C class, but I didn't get past the regional. You'd be amazed, and, and I don't know, maybe a guy that, does movies with, and maybe that's been done enough down there. I don't know, but um, it, you know, I'm I'll go this year and race the forty and the maybe the thirty. Um, I work for Wiseco Pistons, so I'll I'll be down there anyway. So that's kind of a way to get me out of the you know work in the booth for a little while. I can go ride my dirt bike, yeah. so I have to go yeah. to these qualifiers. But um, Assuming I qualify, I mean, if I don't qualify in the plus forty class, I'm going to buy a four wheeler, I think, and just. Oh no! I want to please <laughs> record that, Jack, and keep that forever. Yeah. Let's just keep that forever. <laughs> you know, somebody's listening that rides a forty that isn't going to make it, and they're going to be mad at me because. But whatever. If I hopefully I make it to the plus forty class, it's no joke yeah, though. You got. Guys, I mean, Emmett, Carmichael, Scott Sheik, all those guys are my age, so it's it's tough to yeah. once you get down there. But usually, my regional's at, at Wyndham's Farm, so that'll be really cool, too, uh, as long as Wyndham. Oh, yeah, he's not quite 40 yet, so I don't have to worry about him, I hope. But, <laughs> yeah, it's really neat, though. You go down there, and it's just amazing. 
And there's no other way to put it. I mean, Loretta's is, is something that there's unlike any other race I've ever been to. I've been to races all over the country and, and other countries, you know, and it's just, it's really neat. And I, I think it would be, if you could capture that, and I know that there's other guys that have done films and stuff at Loretta's, but, and I know that's a bit of a jog for you, but I, I think it's neat, you know, just the, the, it's a different thing for everybody, but it's the same thing for everybody at the same time. You know, everybody's down there dealing with the elements and, and, uh, it's a week, it's kind of a grind, but, um, it's yeah, pretty special. So, but I think yeah, it would be sick to cover. I just, I don't know. I always grew up watching the third moto films and they covered that so well. Mm-hmm. I think I'd just be disappointed in myself because knowing how well they did it, I don't know if it could be replicated. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely, it's yeah. the, like recreating uh, on any Sunday. You know, you don't yeah. just go film flat track. It better be cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just not quite the same. But yeah, it would still be cool to go and like take pictures because it. I mean, just those kids that are gnarly, like the they are. Five class, I mean, they're gnarly. But so, uh, what other films do you like that isn't your work? Stuff that you, I mean, like from Dust to Glory, I thought that was really cool. Um, I saw it after I, the first time I raced Baja. <laughs> I didn't even, everybody's like, well, that's why everybody's here because of this this movie or whatever. But, um, yeah. So, do you, uh, what are what are some of the other things that you that you watch that you think are like, man, that's something that I, I like that style or that movie or whatever? Uh, the moto the moto movies is kind of what I tried to replicate mine after a little bit as far as the format and layout of the movie. Cause that series, I think they, I mean, they just ended it. I think with ten years, that that series was probably the coolest set, like continuous moto movies ever made. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, I think every kid. Uh, my age grew up watching Nitro and all the films that Nitro Circus made, and Greg Godfrey always did a great job with those. So <clears throat> all the Nitro films. All you need is a a Travis Pastrana, and you can make magic. Oh, I'm yeah, you. and the money that comes with it, you can build stuff yeah. that that should only be possible in dreams. Nope, we're gonna have it in the yard. Yeah, uh, Travis Pastrana and Red Bull, and then you get a camera. <laughs> No doubt. Yep, and awesomeness ensues. Well, Corey, yeah. what's next for you? Uh, next is just relaunch the YouTube series, the Backyard Photo YouTube series this summer, and then just stay focused on school and hopefully have another movie come out next year. Why don't you, uh, when you're ready to launch a thing, why don't you holler at us? We'll have you back on, and uh, we can we can get the ball rolling for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Uh, anybody you want to thank for supporting you, like maybe your folks in Santa Claus for bringing all that nice equipment? <laughs> yeah, definitely my parents. And then uh, all the riders, too. They did a fantastic job. They were way easy to work with and uh, allowing me to come out. They're all busy riding all the time and just, I mean, putting in work. And then all the musicians and uh that let me use the music for practically free. That was way cool. So, yeah, just everyone. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll have you on again, okay? Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. You can uh, 
You can get the suspension in pros with the uh, Racetech Science and Suspension for nearly 30 years. Racetech's been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at Racetech.com. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. E-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber, the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. We do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles, off-road, and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the Simple Derive Electric Start TW200 to the Nimble Lightweight XT250 to the Racing Derive Performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam. Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Hello again, everybody. It's Scott Casper for Jack DeLeon Construction. You've got projects that need to be done. Basement, refinish, kitchen, bathrooms. How about this? Need more room? Call Jack DeLeon Construction. They've been serving Iowa for nearly 70 years. Right now, you can finish your basement before April 30th. Spend at least $25,000. I'm going to get you a 55-inch flat-screen TV called Jack DeLeon Construction Incorporated, serving Iowa since 1946. Call them, 321-5225. 321-5225 is Jack DeLeon Construction. Hey, this is Ben Bostrom. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Shout out to Wisecope Performance Products carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet for one name, one solution. 
Visit Wiseco.com. Have you seen the Racer Elite Pistons? Pretty cool. All right. Uh, big thanks to Wiseco. They've been a promoter and supporter of our show for a very long time. 16 years we've been on the uh, the interweb and the sound waves. So. It's a long, long time, man. It's, long, it's a long haul. All right. Uh, our next guest is racing the XE3 class, the 125 class. He's a factory pilot for Beta. And his name, he's a local boy, kind of, for us. Cody Barnes joins us. What's up, Cody? How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Pretty good. This is Tony Wink, the star of the show speaking. Uh-huh. And uh, kind of a big deal here in the Des Moines area. I don't know if you may have heard of me. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and PJ's with us. How's it going? It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going good. Um, Just got back home from staying in florida for about two months training with scott plessinger preparing for the gncc series and then uh stayed with my teammate mike wikowski um for a little bit and trained with him so just got back home and you know kind of getting seeing everyone again and hitting some of the local spots i just got done riding today and uh where'd you ride today oh what was it where did you ride today uh, I rode at my uh, personal track at my house. Um, I have a motocross track that uh, Ryan Poulter actually built about three years ago. So it was pretty good. Sweet. Uh, let me ask you something. You're So many guys go to tr- Florida to train because of the sand, I suppose, or whatever. But you only ride sand really one of the rounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why does everybody do that? I mean, I know uh, why well, you do it to get out of the weather. But <laughs> but why Florida? Uh, well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, in my opinion. Um, this was my first year actually being able to go train somewhere, like, in Florida. And uh, saying it for me has always been uh, one of the best training tools because nothing is harder to ride in and more physically demanding, I think, than sand. Uh, I mean, you can go out and pound... Uh, a nice woods loop you know for two hours and get a killer workout and then you can go to a two minute all sand whooped out corner track and within 15 minutes you're totally waxed so i mean if you're if you're able to go the distance in that sand i mean pretty much in my opinion you know the whole rest of the season when you go to clay and everything like that it's going to be you're you're still going to work hard but Mm -hmm. i think that sand prepares you the best physically wise so yeah i was where i was gonna go you you believe it's the best uh workout as far as cardiovascular and and getting your body ready for it do you find that the the on bike riding skills uh you know are are similar enough because sand certainly as we all know not a lot of traction there uh (laughs) yeah um i mean yeah i think i think it definitely still transfers over um i think the biggest thing that actually transfers over is in the sand you have to keep carrying your momentum, especially on uh, the 125s. And I, that was a big thing that I think I've really improved on with working with Scott Plessinger over the winter was um, even though we were in sand and, uh, you know, my Beta 125 is awesome. I absolutely love the thing. Um, just riding it in the sand and trying to keep that momentum throughout the whole entire corner and everything like that. I feel like I really improved on that, and I feel like it's transferring over into the clay rounds, like Georgia and obviously Steel Creek. How is that Beta 125? It's awesome. I absolutely love it. Um, it's 
you know, I, I, I switched to beta at the kind of end of last year and, uh, I helped them. I was actually a test rider for them at the beginning and I helped them kind of test the beta 125 out and, uh, the bike was absolutely awesome. And then now in 2019 beta made some changes to it. I mean, the bike's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's the best 125 that I've rode. Um, as far as the bottom end delivery and the top end delivery, I mean, uh, they made a few small changes from 18 to 19, but what they did, uh, in 19, I mean, they absolutely killed it. The motor on it is phenomenal. It handles great. I really, I really, really like it. <laughs> Cody, the, the XC3 class is, is interesting class. We often have, uh, competitors from your class on the show how, how have you found the, you know, your home in the class as it's uh, become, you know, a, a hotly contested class? We've got, you've got up and comers as well as um, some, some racers that are a little bit later in their career. Multi-time champions like Jason Thomas, though. Yeah. I mean, you're straight up beating Jason yeah. Thomas week in and week out. It's, there's competitors. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. hotly contested <laughs> class. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, we have some new people that moved up. Um and then, like you said, we have, you know, multi-champions like Jason Thomas in the class. So we have a wide, you know, variety of competitors. You know, we have the uh, really fast right off the bat people who uh, necessarily don't have the most, uh, I guess, as much experience as like what Jason would have, um, where they go, you know, they try and sprint at the beginning. And then at the end of the three hours, they're, they're uh, you know, they're wore out. Where, you know, I, I know Jason's been racing a super long time and his knowledge of the tracks and stuff, you know, it really shows when, you know, me and him uh, battle. And then, you know, there's, uh, we have Jesse Ainsley, Jake Froman, um, you know, as I said, Jason Thomas. I mean, there's any of, I mean, there's, I would say, five people that can easily be in the mix battling for podiums week in and week out. Um, so a big thing for me is just making sure that I'm there at the end and, uh, limiting my mistakes. We've talked about this a bunch with Steve Baylor and with, with, uh, with Russ, everybody has talked about, Mm -hmm. uh, race management and you guys are racing for a long time out there and race management is, is something that, um, you know, it it's uh, something you just can't be taught. Something you have to learn, and it takes time. You got to put your time in to do that. Um, having Plessinger though, as a coach, I would imagine is pretty good feather in your cap for for you to be able to go and say, "Hey, I," you know, I would imagine he's a wealth of knowledge for you. A lot of advice there. I mean, your folks, I know they're very supportive, but they've not done racing at the level that you have, so it's i i think you're surrounded by good people but what have what has been the biggest learning curve for you i guess as a racer this year in the xc3 um uh yeah um i mean i would say my biggest learning curve and like you said i have tons of great people uh you know rodney smith our team manager at beta and uh he he you know he's again up in the ranks of with scott you know i mean Rodney's a five-time GNCC champion. Scott's a two-time champion. Um, and to have those guys, you know, be there for me and talking to me. And one of the big things that 
you know, I started racing GNCC in 2017. Um, that was my first year in doing any three hour racing. Um, and that year, basically it was just when that green flag went up at the start, it was push as long and as hard as I could where in XC3 last year as well, I still had the same game plan. If I, if I got tired, I just had to push harder and then, you know, I had no game plan. And that was something that, uh, Rodney Smith and then Scott Plessinger, um, Sam Lankett at G2 ergonomics. Um, that's something that they all talked, uh, talked to me, you know, um, I was, I was trying to force the issue of maybe passing lappers in places that I could wait a little longer or forcing the pass too early in the race. And that, that's something that I feel like I've gotten a lot better at is limiting those chances of something happening and then being there at the end. Cause like you guys said, you know, three hours is a long time to be on the bike. And I mean, some races you're going to have where it's a knockout drag out battle the whole entire three hours. But then there's going to be other races where you're more comfortable than the other ones. And instead of passing on the first lap and checking, you know, trying to check out where you could make simple mistakes, bike could have problems. Um, sometimes it's better to conserve yourself as the race goes later on, you know, uh, towards the three hours. I tell you, it's, it's, uh, interesting your, uh, the heart rate that the guys race at is, you know, we've talked about it a bunch on the show, but basically what they, you know, what they race at, a lot of guys are like right at 200 beats per minute, which is insane. And you, there's no way they could sustain that for two or three hours. And they do. What do you wear a heart rate monitor? What do you what are you racing at? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I, I was, um, I wore a Polar watch last year during them. And, uh, I recently actually just broke the screen on it. So I haven't been able to wear it, um, the first three, but from what I recall, um, last year during XC3, you know, some of the, some of the, like at John Penton, for instance, I mean, I was right in the, anywhere from 180 beats. Ooh, to the two hundred, you know, any anywhere from in there on a one twenty five. Yeah, Cody, <laughs> what's going on there? It's all about speed, <laughs> right? The faster you go, the more you work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah well, that was last year, so I hope I improved some. So maybe now it's higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cody Barnes is our guest, factory beta racer in the XC3 GNCC class, which is uh GNCC series, which is um, the, uh, the most, it's America's premier off-road series. It's on the East coast primarily. He's a local boy though. Where are you from? Illinois? Is that right? Yep. Yep. I'm from Sterling, Illinois. Yep. So we've seen you a bunch at the, the local races, some of the IERA, some of the, um, WFO, some of Bill Gussie's deal. I went and raced Bill Gussie's race, uh, Prophetstown, couple weeks ago man that was fun do you do you wish you probably don't care but um there was like 32 pros they they call it pro-am they don't call it double a anymore there was 32 and it paid money you probably could have come over here and made some good money with that 125 <laughs> yeah i mean i the biggest thing i kind of miss about going to the locals and stuff is all the all the people, you know, all the people that, you know, you grew up with racing and all the families that you met and, all, you know, all the people that 
cheer you on even though now, you know, my primary focus is the GNCC, the National Enduros for beta. Um, so that's one of the, the things that I miss about going to the locals and, you know, seeing all the little kids that look up to you and, uh, you know, all the people that, you know, when you were little growing up, coming through the ranks, you know, uh, that you looked up to and, you know, everyone's still supporting you. So when I get chances, um, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to go to the locals and just, you know, uh, stay with my roots. You know, I mean, those are the series MXC, WFO, um, you know, the IERA races. Those are what made me, you know, grew me into the racer that I am. You know, I grew up racing those series. So to be able to come home and then have the chances to come race those series and to hear how good those series are doing, you know, 30 30 some pros for uh bills turnout at the Prophetstown race you know that that's crazy I, i'm i'm pumped that you know we're still getting those good turnouts and um to see you know more and more people are still getting involved and in going to those local races there's only about five of them that were any good though oh <laughs> there you go way to drop the gauntlet Cody, are you? Uh, what's your trajectory look like? Uh, I find it fascinating. You know, with a relatively new created class in GNCC, obviously the 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 discipline's wildly popular. What's your trajectory? Are you? Uh, you know, it's foreseeable. There's some guys that GNCC XC three is going to be there. The they're going to be there a long time. Are you anticipating that as your career, or do you have other aspirations? Uh, I mean. With that, I I definitely think XC3 is going to keep growing. I mean, it's like in 2017, I believe it was the first year. And each year, I mean, more and more people are stepping into it in the competition. I mean, it's 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 it was made kind of, I feel like, you know, to have a 125 pro class, but no one really took it serious that first year. Um, you know, we I believe Jason and Jack Edmondson went at it. And, I mean, those two, yep. you know, were very dominant in the class. And, you know, more and more people are stepping into it. So I think that's going to be, you know, a class that more and more people are going to get into. Um, and then myself, I'd like to, you know, keep progressing through the ranks of it. You know, uh, hopefully, you know, this year continue to do really well at the GNCC's National Enduro. And then, uh, you know, maybe go to the XC2 row um next year but you know everything just depends on um that's that's my goal you know just to keep growing in the gncc series because that series isn't going to go anywhere soon um that series if anything it's going to keep growing and get bigger and bigger awesome cody we're really excited for you we're, we're pleased that uh we're interviewing you about your xc3 championship hunt good luck in what is it south carolina is your next one Yep, yep. Uh, next weekend is, uh, yeah, South Carolina um, at the Camp Coker GNCC, I believe. Awesome. Cody Barnes has been our guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have uh, Sean Dylan Kelly, who is the youngest pole winner in the races Daytona of Daytona 200 history. Yes, in the Amazing 78 years. Young so, man. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Pit Pass. Hey everybody, this is Jeff May, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. What's up? It's Kyle Regal. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. We were uh, talking off air about how much water we drink. PJ, you drink what? what you I, say? I'd say every bit of a gallon, if not more, a day, and you think you're a gallon and a half. You're working out, though. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just working. I'm not. It seems like you're working out, Mr. Spin Class. So, uh, that you know, you've got your metabolism going. I am a ways away from doing anything that translates into physical in a while. <laughs> You better get on the motorcycle, bud. I got to get on the motorcycle. I got to get on my fleet of bicycles is really where it's at. All right. Uh, our next guest is the, let's see, he set a record becoming the youngest pole winner in the race's 78 history of the Daytona 200. He made his debut this year. Sean Dylan Kelly joins us. Man, Sean, welcome to Pit hey, Pass guys. first off and congratulations. That's cool. First of all, thank you very much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Man, you were... You were the absolute talk of the race, and the race turned out very interestingly and and was a great one for you. Um, there was, uh, you know, a lot of drama. Uh, tell us about the race from your perspective there in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, very, very good good way to start um, my first weekend with, with the team. Um, it was overall, you know, 
uh, a crazy weekend. Like you said, a lot of drama and just uh, a very exciting race. Um, not only that, but, you know, Saturday for me was, was fantastic with the pole position. And, uh, man, it was just uh, a dream come true, really. I mean, I, I've been wanting to do the 200 for a very long time. And um, I'm just lucky that my first ever time out doing it, I was able to do it with uh, just about the best team out there with such a competitive bike and everything. And it was it was awesome. Uh, I had so much fun, learned a lot. Uh, the race was the story it was, and uh, we were close to that P1, but uh, definitely happy with, with how we started off the, the year. Sean, did you, we've all know, we all know now that you've been signed by Team Hammer, the Ulriches, you're going racing Moto America on a absolutely top shelf team, top shelf program. Did your Daytona um, lead to that or was that already a done deal and Daytona was just the beginning of it? Correct. It was already a done deal. Um, I had already signed with them earlier, earlier this year around New Year's and um, everything was really ready to go. You know, we were just uh, pre- preparing everything for the for the Daytona 200, and then from there, uh, the main objective is really to concentrate on Moto America. So uh, definitely, it was a good way to start start 2019 in that way uh, at Daytona. And now we're just looking forward to uh, keeping that same momentum going into into Atlanta this weekend. So the 200 was always a plan for you guys, and I thought you signed clear back in like October, but um, that's what that's what I was thinking, but I knew that you had a two-year deal with Team Hammer, right? And so the 200, why did you guys choose it? I mean, was that kind of a warm-up for the team or or uh, just something you right. really wanted so, to do? Actually, talking about, uh, you mentioned something about October. So the reason some people did think about the whole Team, team Hammer thing was because I did actually race with them in Daytona in October. But that wasn't because I was signed with them or anything. It was really more of a of a test run, and I just got the opportunity to ride with them. So so that's exactly what I did. Um, and then just really, you know, you are right about the two year contract. Uh, I do have two years with with the team, and the Daytona 200. They've they've been running it for many many years, and um, they've always been been wanting to get that P1 from from the 200. So um, we knew that. Uh, once I signed, it was pretty much pretty clear that we were going to do it together. And uh, even better, I was able to do it together with Bobby, with my teammate. So um, for sure, that was uh, the the way to start 2019, and we'll see for the rest of the season. And what have you been doing uh, leading up to this? Uh, clearly, we all know Moto America does have some age requirements for racing uh at the in the class that you will now be competing in you have to be 16 so clearly perhaps you weren't old enough previously even if you were fast enough uh what what series were you running prior to this so the last three years uh i've been running in the red bull rookies cup which is over in europe uh we race the same weekend as MotoGP as the world championship and we go across all of the european rounds as 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 they do and uh, actually talking about age requirements, um, the main reason I couldn't race in Moto America before um, before this year was mainly because of my age. Uh, I wanted to race in 2015 in the KTM 390 Cup in Moto America, but I wasn't old enough. I was still uh, 12 or 13 at the time, and I had to be a couple years older, so... That's the reason that I couldn't make it over, stay on the state side uh, until, until now. 
And but you know, this gave me the opportunity to to be in Europe three years and and really grow over there. Uh, best school I could have had. And now, you know, now that we got this opportunity to come over here for two years, here we are. So can you tell us what, what racing a spec class like the Red Bull Rookies Cup teaches you about strategy and racecraft? Because I think it's, it's – we've interviewed a lot of you guys that have been in that, the, the Red Bull Rookies here in MotoGP, and, and they go on to be badasses in road racing. And they, they – uh, it's – you know, obviously you guys are, are learning – racecraft and strategy and all of that while you're learning how to twist your wrist too yeah absolutely like i said i mean it was absolutely the best school that i could have ever gone through uh going three years through there is is just about the best thing that's ever happened and um the level right there right now is absolutely insane this last year um was closer than ever uh the competition is very very strong the the all 24 riders are within a second in most races, and it's um, it's a combination of things. You know, like you said, it's, it's just learning the racecraft, um, and it just it teaches you so many things. Not only how to be fast, but it teaches you how to uh, how to fight with so many fast guys, and how to just keep your head uh, where it needs to be. And it teaches you just about everything. Uh, definitely went through a lot in the last three years, and. Um, very thankful that I got the opportunity because most riders don't get the opportunity um, to run three years. Three years is the maximum. So very grateful that I got that opportunity. And, and now also very grateful that I'm able to use all that knowledge that I got the last few years in, in Europe and use it over here on, on the state side. Do you think, uh, you, you, did you make any good connections over there? You know, the guys who go through the the Red Bull Rookies Cup in Europe specifically they they talk about the the people they get to meet you know beyond the of course uh training that the series gives you and and everything that you've already discussed i mean did you make some connections that might pay dividends in your future you mean my like Kevin Schwantz or like Sean Connery or who <laughs> like who are we talking about <laughs> no no i mean absolutely i mean being over there on that side i've been in that paddock three years and I, I know more people there than I know in all of the U S right now. So, um, it's, it's very good that in, actually, you know, one of the things about being over there is obviously, you know, Spanish and English are both of the languages that are most, mostly spoken over in, in that paddock. And I perfectly speak fluently both languages. So that was a, a plus one for me. And I was able to meet so many people, so many teams, um, you know, people that know what they're doing, people that have a lot of power over there. And um, at the end of the day, you know, also make lots of family friends. And, and just, um, of course, you know, all these contacts is one of the most important things in this world. Um, so uh, the good thing is, is there's still opportunities and there's still talks. So um, we'll just keep on doing what we're doing right now and keep on in this direction and see if, um, uh, see how everything continues. All right, Sean, explain it to uh, people who haven't met you, because if you look at your name on paper, you sure have all the makings of perhaps an Irishman, but you speak Spanish fluently, and that might uh, raise a couple of eyebrows. What's uh, what's the story with your bilingual? And, uh, you know, that's curiosity. Yeah, that is that is right. A lot of people get uh, a little bit confused when I, when I start speaking Spanish, and I tell them that I'm American, and then they see my name. That's all Irish, so... Uh, it's an interesting combination. Um, I was born here in, in Miami, Florida, but both of my parents are Argentinian. 
so they they moved from from over there about 20 years ago so they're already both american and and um even being argentinian my dad's name is patrick kelly so you can't get more irish than that um but definitely an interesting combination but a very helpful one as well that's 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 awesome what do you think uh, have, have you gotten to race any of these uh tracks that are now your future season have you raced any of these tracks here in the u.s yet um that's actually one of the main things that i'm gonna have to uh concentrate on this year um i've only ridden uh of moto america tracks only barber and i just came back from laguna which um laguna i didn't do on my actual race bike but i did do it on a a, just a, a suzuki street bike so um, definitely better than nothing and got some, got some ride time there and, and at least just trying to get some, some laps on these new tracks. Um, that's one of the things, you know, not, now that I know all the European tracks, um, just now that I have more knowledge than most new riders in Europe, but now I come on this side and I have to learn everything again. So, um, but that's good. You know, I, I've already, um, gone through the, uh, having to learn lots of tracks. So it's nothing that, um, scares me at all, but just looking forward to to getting on many many new tracks and experiencing it all. Clearly, it uh, didn't pose any problems for you in Florida. How are you adapting? Uh, clearly, this is a change in hardware for you as well. Going to uh, a you know a big full size six hundred uh, class sport bike. Are are you finding uh, you know the additional power from where you were previously a, a big bonus for you? Yeah, absolutely. The the jump from a Moto three bike to a six hundred is is very very big, and um, going onto onto such a strong bike and such a strong team is also very helpful in having to do this jump, of course. So um, I've 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 gone a, done a really good adaptation to to the Suzuki, and I'm actually really happy with how competitive we we've been in, in Daytona, and hopefully we can continue working in this way. You know, it's the combination of things, also with my with my crew chief, Jeremy Toy, he's, he's been doing a great job as well from his side. And um, I think everything has just been going in the right direction. And just having fun with this with this powerful machine, definitely a different different hardware than a Moto3 bike. Awesome job. Sean Dylan Kelly has been our guest. We're going to take a break. Our, uh, our two is around the corner. We're going to have Larry Pagram and off-road racer Evan Smith. This is Pit Pass. One more hour right after this. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings, and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Well, it was the final of the three Triple Crowns is in Houston at the Supercross, the Monster Energy Supercross Series. And uh, no surprise, the big winner was Cooper Webb. But it wasn't like you'd think. He had to really work for it. And uh, they take the average of the three races. So he went 2-1-3 to finish first overall. Marvin Muskin was the fastest guy on the track, no doubt. And uh, he finished with a 5-3-1. Ran off the track twice during the race three times actually twice by cooper webb and once by well i wouldn't say dean ran him off i would just say dean was in the space that he was trying to be in they were racing they were all racing incidents however cooper webb his teammate was quite aggressive absolutely uh it looked like statements were being made i wasn't in houston i was uh riding locally at oak ridge but um, some motocross, but I, I watched it on the TV broadcast and I heard Carmichael say something about, um, Cooper was retaliating from something earlier in the race, but I never saw it. So I, I didn't either. And I, did they have, is there a qualifier there? Are there heat races during triple crowns? There have to be. We just aren't seeing them on live on the broadcast. Right. Yep. So you, you've got a, a, during the day they go by their, their lap times and practice and that's their qualifier. Just like just like they do for the Any night program, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then in the, the the main event, they go. They actually have qualifiers for the main event, and that's how you qualify, and then and determines your gate start and all that. But because there's six mains, that's what is the Saturday night show that we all see on broadcast correct. TV. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Webb, his, I mean, there's we're counting down now. We're counting down, barring any unforeseen catastrophic situations for Cooper Webb. I mean, his, it's his championship. Absolutely is. And he's looking dominant. He was, uh, you know, you commented on his third race performance. I would say he might've been managing that. He knew exactly what he had to do sure. to get the overall. And there was no reason to go crazy and, uh, pull a move that any number of other guys had already pulled that night. Hey, look, Roxon. Hey, look, Tomac, uh, guys who, sh- who really seem to have the ball rolling in their favor then didn't. So Dylan Ferrandis, the 250 West Coast is, is on fire right now, and it is a different story. Adam Cianciarillo has been dominant this year, but he had an off night. He went 1-10-3, had some fall downs, and Dylan is his closest competitor. He goes 2-1-2 for the overall win. Adam finishes fourth. It's it's anybody's race still. He's got a five-point cush is all. And going into, uh, you know, going into Vegas, it's going to be pretty exciting, I think. And they got more than just Vegas. There's a couple rounds yet. So, uh, yeah, he's going to have to, you know, race out the season. It is going to be a nail-biter, which is good for everybody. You want to talk about some road racing? Actually, we've got Let's, Larry we Pagram on. Well, we'll talk road racing with that guy anytime. Larry Pagram, the worm, joins us now. Larry, what's going on? Oh, uh, just... Uh I'm a businessman now. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time business guy. Really busy. Yeah. I'm old and I'm old and decrepit. Jack said he called you and it went to a fax line. You still got a fax line at your house? 
You know you're balling when you got a you got, got a, a hard. I got a fax line and an AOL.com email. Oh so man, it shows you my age. Pony Express stop right out <laughs> back, buddy. <laughs> so Scott Casper and Larry Pegram are the two people that still use AOL. Got it. That's all. That's for all my spam emails. I, I keep that one just so that I can realize how much spam there is out there. Well, there's plenty. Co- yeah, collect that stuff. So are you still using? Uh, for our listeners who don't know, Larry, you've clearly had uh what any professional racer would call a long and uh momentous uh career and it isn't over you've recently been out over in australia competing with other legends let's say legends of uh of racing in that uh island classic over there and you did a wonderful job congratulations on that but you're also competing in our own aft twin series this year correct yeah, I've been doing, uh, I did that race over at uh, the Phillip Island Classic, which was a ball. I've never done a, a vintage race, and we we raced in the, what they called modern vintage, which were, the bike I rode was uh, David Crussell's, it was a Yamaha FJ1200 in a prototype chassis, and and it was supposed to be big fun, and then it quickly got serious, because we wanted to kick the Australians' butt, and we ended up getting beat by them, but it was me and Josh Hayes, Steve Rapp, um, Michael Gilbert, and then unfortunately Jason Pridmore obviously fell off and got hurt. But we had a good time over there, and and it was uh, it just uh, it was a good reminder for me how much I miss racing. So I started. Uh, Indian was uh, was gracious enough to supply me with a bike to do the Daytona TT, and I made the main and and uh, and got eleventh. Which the track was uh, was treacherous to say the least. It definitely wasn't an old guy's track. It was a young guy's track, as bumpy as it was, and then. Uh, we went to uh, the Atlanta short track uh, a week and a half ago and uh, and got eighth. So I made the main again and qualified six and was was feeling pretty strong and uh, getting a little bit quicker. We were we were we were pretty close to the leaders there. So I'm pretty pretty happy with it. Larry, that's uh, first of all crazy impressive uh, for a guy who can it be accurately said you weren't necessarily out training on a day-in, day-out basis to be a flat tracker. We all know that you have a long history of flat tracking, both uh, you know, early in your career, middle of your career. You've been out there uh, on any number of rides, but is it fair to say you weren't necessarily training day-in, day-out flat tracking? Oh, it's definitely necessary to say I wasn't training on anything. I've been really busy. I've got a new business that I've been doing the last couple of years, and uh and so it's taken up most of my time. It's a startup, and and everything's going good. But I, I just realized, listen, I got a race. It's it's what I do. It's kind of it's kind of how I live. <laughs> so I uh, you know I got into this, and and like I said, uh, Gary Gray and the guys at SNS, Paul Langley and Dean Young, and and everybody uh, at SNS and Indian were gracious enough to give me a bike. David Lloyd and his and the Lloyd Brothers Motorsports they helped out. My dad. So it was kind of old school and. Uh, and we just had, went and had a good time, and, and uh, like I said, David Lloyd, who's one of my lifelong friends, uh, he ran the Ducati team, you know, in dirt track for a few years, and I had worked with them a little bit on that, but we, um, we've we known each other since we were kids racing, and I said, hey, I'm going to go do this thing with Indian, and I'd, I want you to do it with me so we can have fun. I said, like we used to when we were kids, and, and it was funny because we went and we tested one time, and, and then we went to Daytona, and it was one of those deals where... We we did pretty good in testing, and we and and we got about halfway through the night, and it wasn't looking as good as it should have. As I well, as what we thought it should have. And I said, man, we we got to have fun. We're getting too serious. <laughs> so we made the main, and we did okay. And then uh, by the time we got to Atlanta, I think we were we were turning a few heads. You know, we qualified sixth, and 
I think we had a good shot at the top five, and, and I screwed up a little bit on the line in the main event and was kind of way in the back and moved my way up. But I feel uh, I feel like I can still go pretty fast, and we're starting to get that Indian dialed in, so hopefully I'm going to do a few more. That that was going to be my next question, Larry. I mean, what are your realistic plans? You're, it sounds like maybe it's not to hit every single round of this AFT season. It's definitely not to hit every single round. I, I you know, I want uh, as much as I want to. I don't think I want to. You know, I'm 46 years old now, and uh, it was funny because when we were at the Atlanta Short Track, uh, Brian Smith was there, and I was, like, trying to figure out who was the oldest guy in the main other than me, and I asked Brian Smith how old he was, and he was 35. So I was 11 years older than him, and he was the next oldest guy in the main. So I felt pretty cool just to be there, and I really am enjoying riding, but I want to do the events that I want to do. And and uh, the neat thing is I'm really starting to get – pretty good groundswell of support for a bunch of old guys are coming up to me at every race, <laughs> the fans and, and really getting excited. Cause I think I'm kind of their representative out there. Everybody, uh, you know, excited about having a guy at my age that's able to go out there and run pretty good. So I, I think, you know, we're, we're going to definitely do some more. Uh, I'm kind of trying to set it up and see how many of them I can do. And, and like I said, it, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to do it with the Lloyd brothers and, and Indian and S and S. So, we're looking forward to it. Our guest is Larry Pegram, the worm, as they call him, and uh, been a regular on this program over the years. Larry, how good is that bike? I mean, I you've you've been around flat track a bunch, and, and obviously it's the bike of choice. Everybody's on it. Um, you've got Lloyd Brothers. They've got a pretty rich history in, in flat track, so they ought to know setup pretty well. Um, it, it's got to be a lot of fun. The thing works pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's a really good bike, and the thing that's fun too is I got another guy that, I, and I need to mention him too, John Cornwell, who works for Olin's, who's been helping out with stuff too, and he works with all the flat track guys for Olin's, uh, the factory team there with Indian and stuff, and and flat track is is what it is. It's basic racing, and and a lot of these guys, you know, they come in. I think you know, you see Yamaha came in this year with the Essison team, and they got a long road ahead of them. That motor is pretty incredible for Yamaha. It makes a lot of power, but it's all about making power, getting it to the ground, making the chassis work, making the bike rideable. And Indian, i got to say, S&S really was a big part of it, but Indian came out with a bike that just right out of the box was easy to ride, did everything well. You know, it didn't do anything bad, and it did everything well. You know, so I, I commend them. Those guys have, you know, they've convinced a lot of guys to that the only way that they can win is on that bike. And so when you can convince, you know, a top-level pro guy that says, well, I'm, if I can't beat them, join them. Indian did a great job. And S&S, like I said, those guys did a great job of, of helping them design that bike and build it. And, uh, you know, there's not many guys that can come in there and in one year do what they did. So I, I'm pretty impressed with them. Larry, are you still based? Uh, you still a Buckeye? Still out of Ohio? I'm still an Ohio boy. Yeah, I am uh, Ohio born and raised. I'm not going anywhere. My wife is dra- trying to drag us south. Which, in the winter, I think she's correct. In the summer, I think she's wrong. So. I agree with that. <laughs> Where would you go? Florida. My wife's from Florida. Her right. parents are yeah. down there, and we like Florida. We, we used to spend a lot more time down there, but you know, I've got a a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old girl now, and they, they are in school, so we spend a lot of time up here, obviously, but we'll definitely probably end up uh, snowbirds. How do you pull uh, that off? Because we're, we're talking about doing the same thing, but I don't – we did the Florida thing when my dad was down there, and that 
is fine for you know everybody but me i want to ride dirt bikes and arizona is the place because you can ride your dirt bike from your garage right down the street to taco bell right down the the desert to the desert it's it's fantastic and no chance i want to live there from march through october October, november but i kind of want to get away from but how do you pull that off when you got kids because i got a four-year-old and we're we're kind of scratching our head trying to figure out we don't want a homeschooler well then you're screwed because we're not that smart we ain't (laughs) that's the the basic uh thing you're gonna live where where you want them to go to school there's no getting around it these these days you know I, i see a lot of people homeschooling hey that's your your thing but uh I, 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 um, we're really happy with the school. Our kids are in here in Ohio. So unfortunately we're here until they're, until they're 18. <laughs> well, that gives you a chance to keep on racing. Yeah. Let's get yeah, on to I, some really important stuff, Larry. Who was the top dog in Australia? Let's the, let the smack talking begin as we build up to next year's team. Uh, uh, you know, it's hard to say because. God, that was a stacked I was crew. I, I was the best, uh, there. But I wasn't the fastest, only because <laughs> of certain reasons that we can't talk about. Um, no, <laughs> gotcha. Say, to be honest with you, I would say there was an Australian kid there, and I feel like a jerk because I can't remember his name. But he was pretty darn quick. Um, and then there was uh, Jason Pridmore. I think was probably going to be the fastest guy, um, but he unfortunately fell in the first race, only a couple laps into it, um, and then. Uh, you know, I think I think Josh showed in the last race that he had some serious speed too. It took him kind of the weekend, and he had some bike problems and 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 stuff. So, I, you know, I don't know. I I think the Americans definitely surprised them this year. You know, they've kind of dominated down there. The Australians or the New Zealand guys or the English guys, and then uh, we came in there and 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 brought a little bit more of the A team this year. And you know, I think it showed. And and um, so I think next year we had a good chance to beat them. And is that something uh, I'm curious because this this year was an absolutely all star team and it was unfortunate Pridmore got injured. Uh, our best wishes to him. I think he's on the mend. But uh, are you going to be able to take part in that again? I mean, clearly uh, it takes some some pretty serious funding to get a team over there of the caliber and size that uh, you guys sent. Yeah, I, I'm hoping so. You know, I'm talking with those guys about doing it next year. I really, like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was more racy than I was expecting. <laughs> I guess that all vintage racing ends up that way, especially when you put old racers on older bikes, we end up, you know, it doesn't matter if we're on XR 100s or on MotoGP bikes, we're going to go after it. And that's quickly what it turned into, <laughs> uh, about, I think it took about two corners before I decided, Hey, this isn't funny more, this is serious. <laughs> and we were, we were going at it in the races, but I think that's, that's what I guess that for me that's what living is you know uh, if if you're gonna race let's race there's a lot of guys that won't throw their leg over a motorcycle period because they have the same mentality as you but they're you know like in their late 40s mid to late 40s yeah like you well you know I hope that I hope (laughs) that I can always do stuff like this just because I don't know you know it's not it's not like I sit there and think I have to do this or I can't live but well, I, I there's a, you know, there's a lot of times in your life that you you think something was fun or that was cool, but I don't know. You know, it's 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 racing at the when you're riding a bike and uh, and and you do something on it that you know 
that was that was about as far as you can go with this thing. You know, I was right on the edge, and you pull it off with precision. I, I don't know if you can get that feeling doing anything else. I've never been able to. You know, it's kind of like when you, you, you play golf and you hit that perfect shot. That's what keeps bringing you, bringing you back. It's racing. When you do that, it, that's what brings you back. That's what just makes you want to do that and, and, and see if you can push that little bit further and still get away with it, I guess. So maybe it's personality type, but it's definitely me. <laughs> Larry, the guy who built uh, built those bikes, it is essentially uh, one guy. Those are his machines, right? He, it was they're a labor of his love. Right. Uh, did he? Does he give any of you known quantity fast, fast guys uh, a bit of a sit down beforehand? Hey, this is my vintage baby. Please don't chuck it down a racetrack because you guys were definitely flirting with uh, the fast end of the field. I mean, and crashing comes right into play. No, I mean, you know, uh, like I said, it was David Crusoe, and he he didn't say anything to me like that because I would have then I would have probably backed it down a, a quarter of one percent then. But <laughs> I always, you know, I I kind of pride myself as a racer. I've always been the guy that I'm not the guy that's trying to throw the thing in the gravel trap. So you know, I, I mean, some guys do, and I don't know that it's on purpose either. I think you just get carried away, but. Um, now that wasn't that wasn't even discussed, you know. There was no hey, you know, if you crash this, you own it type thing. So I'm glad because I would have maybe slowed down a little bit then. <laughs> yeah, well, and it can only hurt the results. I just find it interesting with vintage racing. Uh, there's a number of forms of it. Tony, you've been involved in some, and you know, handing a fast guy a vintage bike that a lot of labor's gone into making perfect, only to watch it get destroyed. But that's racing, you know, and it's good to hear that they. Again, they did the right thing putting guys like you out there, Larry. It was an impressive display by the whole team. For sure. Larry, one time I got invited to race over in England at Farley Castle, the uh, the motor, the pretty legendary old motocross track that they have a race there once a year now. And uh, for Team International Air Hammer, which is a vintage race by nature, it's a YZ490 that we were on. I don't think I'd ever seen a YZ490 in person before this race. And Keith McCarty himself supplied the parts for this bike, not these bikes that they supplied for us. And I, I had suspension done and I brought it with me and we threw it on and I went racing and it was, I was not invited back Uh, (laughs) because I broke things that Brock Glover didn't break when he was riding that bike. So uh, in one race, not was, even he didn't break him over a season. You managed to do the deed in one race. I did. I was really. They were like, "You're really hard on stuff," and I'm like, "Maybe, yeah." yeah. So, yeah. So that they're going to give you the invite back, or it looks like it. I've been asked to. They actually want me to do some vintage racing this summer to try to get more prepared for next winter. I've just been so busy. And then doing the flat track stuff too, I haven't been able to. But uh, yeah, they, they've asked me back. You know, uh, it, they just don't know me that well yet, so that may change. <laughs> it's awesome. How come you get to? So on the flat track deal, did you? Is there a qualifier? Or how do you? How does that happen? Is it because you're Larry Pegram that you can just go race the Twins class? Or no, you've got to qualify. I mean, you know, everybody comes there, and that's what you know. Just making the mains is is pretty good feat. You know, there's some guys that aren't making them, and oh, I know. I just pretty, curious how you got in there well i i kind of done you know i I guess it's just because i've done it for so long they go oh here comes that old guy again let him ride uh and so yeah i mean i rode one 
I did one race last year, and I did the X Games last year too. So I did one AFT race to get ready for the X Games. So I kind of keep my foot in the door, and and uh, uh, you know, like I said, I, I I'm not taking it a hundred percent. Like this isn't my job, but we're getting a little bit more serious about it. So you know, we did two races in a row, and and uh, we tested a little bit. So I'm starting to. Uh, get pretty comfortable on it instead of just showing up and doing one race a year uh in and, and so i want to see what we can do i'd like to I'd like to maybe throw it up on the podium at my age and scare some of these young guys a little bit are you thinking you're going to uh make it to uh one of every of the disciplines i mean you've done uh thus far you know that was a tt not the fastest of the the disciplines are you looking to do a mile because as we know those those Indians are incredible on the miles. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I definitely want to, uh, to be honest with you, uh, and, and it started off a little bit as, as kind of, you know, what are you thinking? But now that we're getting a little bit quicker, there's some people that are going, yeah, maybe you could do that. You know, I have won a superbike. I've won superbike races. I've won mile races. I've won half-mile races. So I have to win a short track and a TT. If I can win a short track and a TT, I'd be one of only four guys that have ever I'd be the fifth guy to ever do that, where you won all, you know, the grant, the real the grand, grand slam, slam. yeah, absolutely, uh, with, absolutely, superbike. So that's somewhat my goal. You know, I think I think I can win a short track race. To be honest with you, the TT is going to be harder. It's more of a young guys thing, but we'll see. So I'm going to try to do all the short tracks and TTs this year, and then maybe a couple of the half miles and maybe a mile. I'm not sure. So we might see at Peoria or Springfield. Those are options, at least on the TT side of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. That gives me yet more reasons to go over and watch those races that I really like going to. Um, do you have a track at your uh, facility there in Ohio? You strike me as a guy who might have enough pasture that you've laid yourself oh, out a track. I've got tracks. Unfortunately, my track at my house has grass growing on it, so that just tells you that I work too much. I've spent my whole life uh, racing, trying to be able to purchase enough land and a house and everything. And I finally got it. And now I don't ride on it. <laughs> so yeah, I do have a track here and I need to be riding on it more. And that's one of the things a little bit in these races that I did these first two races, I definitely didn't have the stamina at the end of the race I needed. So I'm working on that now and trying to ride a little bit more and getting more ready. But, um, yeah, it seems like between the kids' soccer and work and everything that I'm doing right now, it, it, we we don't I don't get enough time to do what I really love, and that's racing motorcycles. So I'm trying to reprioritize my time, but it's not working out that way. Spin classes, Larry. Okay, yoga, spin classes, hot yoga, spin classes once a week, hot yoga once a week, and uh, wear glasses if you need them. Yeah, yeah. Spin. I don't you know can... about the hot yoga. I never. I don't understand why you'd ever want to make it hotter. You know, <laughs> but that's not me. Loosens you up, supposedly, right, Tony? No, I've a, never. I've a... never done it. I have no. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I've done the spin classes, and those are horrible. I'm doing one tomorrow morning. They really do suck. I really don't like doing spin classes. I go to Cycle Bar. It's super expensive, and I keep going because it's working. It's working. You can't argue with results. Yeah. Larry, uh, what's next for you? Where are you going? Uh, well, there's a, there's a TT in Arizona mm-hmm. on the 27th of April. I'm not 100% in on that one yet, but I think we're going to do that one. So that would be the next one, which looks like it could be really fun. It's a off-road truck track. 
that they're doing a TT race at. So it's really big. It's like, I guess, about 45-second, 50-second lap times and several different, you know, uh, elevation changes and so forth. So that's that's where I'm looking at next, and uh, hopefully that's going to be something that uh, we get worked out so I can do that one. I've raced on a truck track on a dirt bike before. It was part of um, – it was in Prim, Nevada, and it was part of the work series, I think. Or no, it was the, the big – I don't know, some off-road race. And you go out in the desert, and then you come into this truck. And I haven't seen – I've only seen the commercial for this AFT that you're talking about. But it's it's scary. You're going yeah, well, so they, fast. Supposedly they 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 went out there and tested on it, and the jumps were too peaked, you know, and they were just getting too much air, and they were breaking the bikes because these 320 pound motorcycles don't land as well as the 220 pound 450 does. So the the what I was told by the AFT guys is that for the race at um, the Arizona TT, they're going to taper the jump takeoffs down so that we're not getting so much height on them. Because I, I don't want to go out there and break a bunch of stuff or myself. So right. that's no that's kidding. the plan. Yeah, we saw that at. Um, You'll we, still be home. We saw that at Peoria. You know, there were literally parts falling off of motorcycles. Literally parts falling off that foot pegs on Sammy's butt. Everybody's exhausts. Yep. I mean, foot peg hangers. Full on factory bikes were breaking parts. So it can yeah. happen. Well, hopefully not. Let's let's hope not. Well, Larry, I mean, <laughs> we're looking forward to the rest of your season. You do you not only are you the crowd becoming a crowd favorite, you're ours as well. Uh it it does the does the heart good to hear a a fast racer come out of the woodwork and continue to be fast uh the guys you were down with at the Phillip Island Classic with we talked to Josh Hayes pretty regularly. There's no one less happy about being somewhat on the sidelines than that guy that I've met thus far. Did you get that yeah. impression from him, too? He's always been a good guy. You know, that's one of those guys that you're just like, you could stick him anywhere, and he's going to be in a pretty good mood. You know what I mean? And, and there's not many guys like that, especially guys that are, are as tenacious as he is. If you're that good a racer and you're that mean, basically, of a racer, and I don't mean that he's mean in any way, but you got to be mean to be able to, you know, do what you need to do on the track. Most of the times, the guys are a bit of a jerk, and he's just not. You know, he's just a genuine good guy. So it's nice to see that he's ex- he's been able to do the same thing that I'm able to do, do some racing, have some fun. Uh, I think it makes when you spent your whole life doing something a lot easier than, you know. But some of these guys, it's easier for them to just, the day it's done, you never see them again. And I understand that, too, you know. But for me, it's been, it's been a way of life as much as it's been, you know, uh, anything else so for me to just completely walk away from it 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 would be like you know turning away from my family well larry we're glad to be able to continue to interview you on this show and talk about racing current racing that you're doing it's pretty cool we want to we want to talk to you if you get that grand slam that is an interview we can't wait to have i hope it happens for you i appreciate it guys all right we're going to take a break that was our interview with larry pegram when we come back we're going to talk to an off-road racer a pro named evan smith this is pit fast my name is Corey west i'm an ama daytona sport bike racer you're listening to pit pass radio hey everybody it's scott casper from pit pass radio v rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires 
starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be written with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden racetech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and it's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one -on -one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Andrew Short, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
Big thanks to Fly Racing, continuing to expand the line of hard parts from bike stands to handlebars and grips, chains, sprockets, foot pegs, and lever assemblies to creative products such as its innovative boot wash stand. Fly Racing designers are committed to making quality hard parts. Visit flyracing.com or see your local Fly Racing authorized dealer for a full list of available fly hard parts. We've been uh, bouncing around a little bit. We we uh, we talked off road, then we talked road racing, and then we talked off road again, and now road racing, and now we're back to off road. We've had uh, two very fast, accomplished road racers um, on the show: Sean Dillon Kelly, who's a Red Bull Rookies Cup. He's uh, in his infancy as a pro road racer here in America, here in yeah. the United States. Yep, yep. So uh, just coming off, he's the youngest pole winner in moto. Uh, excuse me, Daytona 200 history. So and finish the race in two yep, P2. Yep. And then we've also talked to uh, Corey Wetstein, who's a, a movie producer about off-road racing. Cody Barnes has been on, who's an XC3 racer leading that class in the GNCC. And then we had the worm on Larry Pagram, who's um, at the uh, tail end of his road racing career, and now he's an AFT relevant current racer it's absolutely kind of, reinvigorated racer at the, the tender age of 46 did he say 46 is what he said he said it was something old i know so all right we go back off road we're going to talk to evan smith now um he's uh evan smith has joined max motorsports fxr racing husqvarna competing in the 2019 Kenda ama national enduro series he's placed first uh third in the first two rounds placing him third in the overall series and um, also racing GNCC in the XC2 class. And I look him up. He's finished fourth, second, fourth for third in the point standings after three rounds. Welcome to the show, Evan Smith. Did I get it all right? Uh, yep, you got it all right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been great having you on and have a great day. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and that's not all you're competing in, right? <laughs> no, I'm also uh, competing in the full uh into full gas sprint oh yeah and yeah. In, in that one you've got your best results thus far right yeah um i've been able to win both rounds in the pro two class so far and uh i think i was maybe fifth overall the first round and like sixth or something at the second good for you so man not too bad yeah thanks how's it going how's the bike how's everything what's uh what's going on how's your program look like it's all good um I mean, the the 19 Husky, you know, is a little bit different than last year's, but for the most part, it's, it's pretty similar, and I had a really good setup last year, so I kept everything, you know, pretty close to the same for this year, so I feel super comfortable. Sorry about that. Um, feel super comfortable on the bike and feel really good physically, and, I mean, everything's just, you know, clicking and going the right way for me right now. You're uh, talk about climbing through the ranks, I guess, if you want to call it that, as an off-road racer. Um, we just had Cody Barnes on in hour number one, and, and he's a local guy for us um, here in the Midwest. And uh, we've seen him, you know, racing our local series, winning our local series. The next natural, you know, place for him to go would be GNCC or something similar to that, like what you're doing. Um, how did you get to where you are right now? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, probably very similar to Cody. I grew up racing Storks and Citra series, which is a regional series uh, in the southeast. And, you know, went all the way through 
B A class, double A, got to double A, and then I started racing national enduros and GMCCs, and I mean, really, really about the same story as Cody. I mean, or you know, the same story as most people that grow up racing off road and you know make it to the pro level class. You know, I had a uh, guy text me. I was in the dozer. I own a motocross track, right? And it's springtime. We're we're hustling. We're we're gonna we're taking all the stuff out that everybody loves and putting in crap that they hate, I'm sure, because that's how <laughs> everybody's going to complain, and actually. <laughs> that's but, the social media post they almost write themselves. Y- yep, yep, yep. So I've spent like 15 grand so far on, on track improvements, not exaggerating. Um, so I'm sitting in the dozer, wow. and, and this kid hits me up, and he's a pretty fast guy. I mean, he's a ripper, and, and he um, he's, you know, he's – it's so expensive to go to be a pro anything anything i don't care if it's baseball what it's expensive motocross is exceptionally expensive i think and you know just with the price of bikes and everything you're no exception with off-road you're riding the same equipment you know this um motocross you have to hit you know you have to go to loretta's justin brayton is a is a the opposite he didn't do that he you know he's He's proof that you don't have to do those things. But for the most part, you know, all the guys you see, RJ, um, Plessinger, all them guys went through Loretta's that are racing today. They all did. And so it's expensive to hit all these outdoor nationals. And and so he, this kid can't afford it. And he's talking to me via text, of course, you know, as I'm trying to <laughs> doze. But um, he's, I've been racing some woods and, and, uh, recently lost 50 pounds you know i'm 41 so it's uh so i've been i've been kind of hustling and i went and raced one of bill gussie's races that does the oma series and had a pretty good finish and everybody's kind of talking about it and so he says i'd like to he'd like to go pro and off-road he goes how do you do that and i just laughed i go first go get your butt kicked by the local a riders and (laughs) you know and then go get your butt kicked by the local double a guys and if you're smoking all them guys and you have the wherewithal and you have the the you know the the ambition to do that go race gncc and that's i think that's a natural you know uh step to to accomplish that would you agree though that that uh, off-road is easier to be in front of the right people then it would be, um, be or it is especially for you because you live out that way, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely it, it's a smaller uh, community or, or sport, I guess you would say, than motocross. And I mean, there's there's not as many uh, you know regionals. There, there's not regionals. There's not invitationals, and all just random races all over the country. There's like three national series. And you get to choose from those three, and there's always people that are going to see you if you do well in those three series, because that's really about the only thing to, you know, to watch. And well, that being, of course, you know, East Coast versus West Coast, there's a, you know, just a few on each on each side, and if you do well in one of those three, you're going to get noticed. Whereas, you know, feel like race and moto, there's there's so many different events out there that it's a lot harder to do that but and so many guys i mean what do you 
I've always thought, uh, as I'm a terrifically bad at both uh, off-road and uh, moto, but it sure seems like there'd be more opportunities for any young racer coming up to potentially get injuries. That They happen on mo- when you're on two wheels, regardless of what you're doing, but sure seems like moto uh, gives more opportunities for potentially bigger injuries. Would you agree with that? Yeah, to a certain extent, with bigger speed comes bigger injuries. But, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's just as likely to happen in, in both sports. I think, or both disciplines. Trees but, uh, don't give. Sorry, what's that? Trees just don't give. Oh, no, they do not move. Mm, I've knocked some down. They they don't call me the tree little shaker guy. for nothing. The little guys, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never moved one, but I'll keep trying. So I'll, I'll let you guys know if I succeed. <laughs> so three but, rounds uh, into the GNCC, um, Evan, you, you're, you've got a solid, uh, you know, you're, you're in third place. You, the, the guys, uh, Cal, Ben Kelly and, and Jonathan are, are a smidge ahead of you. You've got a pretty good race, uh, with, with Witkowski behind you. Um, oh, I see Ryder Lafferty's racing that too. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your, what are your, uh, you know, your goals, I guess, for the, for the, it's a long season ahead of you still, but what would make you happy? Where do you see yourself in, at the end of the season, ideally? Well, um, I mean, Ben's going to be really tough to beat. He's he's riding really well right now. And, I mean, to to beat Ben, you basically have to be in the top five overall, and that's, that's pretty hard to do. But, I mean, a goal for myself is, you know, I got I got one podium this year. I'd really like to – to be consistent and see if I can stay on the box every round. And as long as I can do that and, you know, have good, good races and not, not do, you know, not have any DNFs or any problems like that. And, you know, wherever I end up at the end of the year, I'll be happy, but you know, top three is what I'm shooting for. Um, but you know, Johnny's riding really well. Mike's riding really well. Craig DeLong will be back soon. I mean, it's, there's, there's plenty of fast guys and, you know, not to discredit anybody I didn't mention, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of dudes going fast and it's going to be tough to do that. What's going on to DeLong? Um, he, I believe broke a collarbone at second, uh, sprint enduro round. So he's, he's getting over that right now. Um, I don't know the full extent of it, but. He uh, he hasn't he hasn't made the first three GNCC rounds, and I know he should be back soon, but I don't really know. Do you prefer sprint enduros or or GNCC? I mean, as far as your your, I know it's an adjustment whenever you go there. One's a sprint, obviously, but you guys kind of sprint the whole time when you're in the woods, or at least it sure looks like you are. Yeah, I definitely uh, prefer sprint enduros. Um, I, I like that form of racing more. I mean, it, it's really about just who's the fastest as I mean, GNCC is a lot about, you know, who's the fastest, but it's also who's in the best shape, who has the best pit strategy, who picks good lines, you know, list goes on and on. And I mean, another thing, you know, about sprints is they're pretty short. You race for about 
10 minutes and then take a 20 minute break. And, you know, I like that. It's fun. <laughs> you get to go as fast <laughs> as you can and then uh, stop and, you know, bench race with your buddies and hang out and then go do it a few more times. So, and, and I've always excelled at, at sprint racing. So that that's definitely why I'm probably partial towards it. We had Cody on and we've, I mean, we talked to all the GNCC guys and uh, have for years. And, and the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that they talk about is, is uh race strategy and, and being able to, uh, you know, manage the race like Stu Baylor. He, he talked about it, you know, after his win, he, you know, he, he's, uh, he was stoked and he should have been, but he was stoked because he managed his race better than he ever has, you know, and that's something that, that uh, Caleb has, has done very, very well over the years, what, six championships. And he, he's, um, you know, he's really good at managing the race. And that's, I think that goes into play week in and week out of GNCC more than, I think it's overlooked by a lot of people. You know, we, we cover all genres of motorcycle racing here, Evan, and we, we cover road racing, off-road, supercross. We interview all the guys. And in the Daytona 200, we talk about which just took place in Daytona, what three weeks ago? Four three weeks, weeks ago. Yep. Yep. So we've been talking to racers that have been on on that uh, in that race, and and they talk about race strategy, and that's you know the Daytona 200 is an endurance race, obviously, and they won't sprint the entire time. The, it's a it's it comes down to the end and pits, you know, uh, pit stops and that kind of thing. GNCC does that every week. Week in and week out, there's so much that can happen. I mean, you look at uh, like Jason Thomas. You know, he he's had a problem with his bike again. This time, it was a pinched breather tube on his on his uh, on his tank when they came in and they they just on the quick fill the the cap they put it back on pinched the breather tube and the bike quit running. And they couldn't figure out why. And you know, what I mean, there's so many different things, so many variables that go into gncc that that's what i like about it that's why i like covering it it's like i i like going racing i do the morning race because you can have the three-hour race it's that's for you <laughs> but uh <laughs> um you know three i and i should be doing the three hour because it'd be better exercise but i like the two hour um especially in florida that thing's brutal um mm-hmm. but uh you know i think that's a big deal and i think have you got anybody that you work with that that helps you you know that you talk about and you can kind of go back and digest and talk about you know rather than go out there and just sprint the whole time you have a plan and that kind of thing to help you you become the top guy in your class um well i i wouldn't say i have somebody that that coaches me on on race strategy for gcc specifically but um i mean like i i live uh I live really close to Russell Bobbitt and that's, that's kind of who I have trained with and ridden with for the last, I, I don't know, seven or eight years. So he, he's done a, he's done a great job. You know, whenever I have questions, I'll ask him and, you know, he'll give me his input and kind of coach me along on how to, you know, do everything. Cause he's obviously one of the most successful off-road riders there's been. So, you know, there's, there's no better person to learn from than him. So he's, uh, he's helped me a lot on that, but I mean, you know, he, uh, he only ran a year or two 
of the full GNCC series uh, a couple years ago. So, I mean, he's even he's not the master on that uh, discipline. So, and now I mean, he now he knows where to hook you up if you want to go stay in Costa Rica and ride, right? And he and he doing yeah. that with, yeah. No, I'm waiting for that invite. Oh, for twenty seven hundred dollars, you can definitely get the invite. Believe me. <laughs> All right, we got to go to break, Evan. Anybody you want to thank real quick for helping you go racing? Yeah, um, I'd like to thank Max Motorsports, Husky USA, FXR, Bell Helmets, Forma Boots, Pro Circuit, T2, uh, anybody else. You know, thanks a lot. All right, Evan Smith, you're a good interview. We appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll uh, finish this out top of the hour. A little MotoGP talk. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. This is number 40, Jason DeSalvo, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno this is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Matt Bonnick, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Yeah, 
That was a nice talk with Evan Smith, off-road racer. This past weekend, the Argentina MotoGP took place. Pretty exciting, PJ? Absolutely, it was. What a great weekend of racing. Mark Marquez ultimately comes out on top, kind of running away from the field. Uh, he, he managed the race from the front the entire race long. But there was a lot of good racing behind him for that uh, all-important second place. Ultimately, Rossi edged out Davizioso. Uh, that means overall, uh, Mark Marquez sits in the lead of the overall series after two rounds with 45 points. Davizioso on the Ducati at 41 after he won the first race there in Qatar. Rossi sitting in a not-so-distant third place on 31 points with Alex Rins in uh, fourth place. On the Suzuki, which is, gosh, uh, just a few years ago, we would have never thought Suzuki would be in the top five overall. And here they are in fourth, so that's interesting. Uh, Further down the field in Argentina, Jack Miller on the Ducati battled the whole race to finish fourth. Rins uh, on that Suzuki came fifth. uh, Noteworthy performances, Jorge Lorenzo, um, the teammate to one Mark Marquez on the Repsol Honda. Finished in P12. He's a little nicked up. Interesting side note from the race. Kyle Crutchlow, fast all yeah. weekend. Fast all weekend. Fast what about this, though? All That's... weekend. And he apparently, well, not apparently, he absolutely was penalized with a ride-through penalty for a jump start. Uh, I haven't talked to anyone else who watched the race, but they certainly gave me some replay time. They gave all the watchers um uh, of the race uh they gave us replays it was impossible for me to discern something that would in my mind be worthy of a penalty but cal crutchlow as i've told you off air uh tony he's uh he's rather outspoken gentleman he's not known for mincing words i haven't seen anything as far as uh outrage from him he'd be the guy who would certainly let outrage flow if he felt this penalty was unjustified he at least let everybody know he felt how he felt about it if he if he thought it was, absolutely. wasn't warranted that absolutely he i think would do that he is again never been one it seems like words. i saw something on his social media or a social something where he was talking about a, a ride through penalty and he was teetering or something and he was moving or something the but bike he wasn't, was in motion and it, no it wasn't like he was in wasn't motion, moving though. forward was, he was he was unstable on the bike but the you know that can be interpreted by judges as movement if you're going left to right you know it's not starting I can one can only imagine. I again, I didn't see anything. Yeah, but if uh, if he was commenting on it with anything other than complete disgust, maybe he knows what uh, he was penalized for. But the Argentina GP is now in the books, and next up for MotoGP is Coda Circuit of the Americas, where they will partner once again with our uh, national series Moto America. But that will be Moto America's second round as their first round is this coming weekend in Atlanta at the Road to Atlanta race course. Looking forward to it. Our seasonal opener for our uh, Moto America series. And this weekend we also have World Superbike taking place in Aragon, Spain. Uh, that'll be a good race as well. So everybody, all the road racing fans are are pinging there's there's uh it's it's finally racing back in the states not and i shouldn't say that because we just had the 200 three weeks ago but we're finally going racing moto america absolutely can't wait yep then and we're going to find out all the guys that we've been interviewing that are that are racing for this team or that team or whatever um you know and and there are some new guys some new teams for riders and uh there's 
there's a handful of them that said they probably aren't going to test until the opening round, which is weird. I just it just boggles me at this level that yeah I mean you're you would think like any other form of racing without testing you're behind the eight ball the guys who did test are well, a leg up on you at, right away I think that had, I think that's very telling for for the health and the of the overall uh, the overall health of of road racing in the United States if these guys are putting deals together last minute still and and they can't you know they they don't have either they don't have the budget or they don't have the time. Yeah, well, if you, if you do a deal between Daytona and this race, you've barely got time to get your bike together, graphics on, uh, the bike strapped down, and hey, it's race time. Much less, you know, to your point, going testing, uh, getting the rider, you know, comfortable on the bike, any adjustments that you need to make to it. I'm looking forward, to, uh, like you said, Tony, I'm really looking forward to talking to uh, – our crop of racers this season, I think it's going to be a bang-up series this year. Uh, we've got guys that have moved around. We've got guys, uh, J.D. Beach, for example, moving up to the Superbike class. What do you Some, think of that? I oh. think I'm pretty excited for him, but I'm also a little nervous. I'm nervous in that it's not a true factory team, but it's a great team. So I think those guys are ready to go racing. Uh, J.D. certainly himself is. Uh, I'm just I'm stoked about it, and I'm so glad that I got my TV programming together so I can watch all this happen. <laughs> all right, uh, I want to thank our guests, including Sean Dillon Kelly, very young road racer, just uh, the youngest pole winner in Daytona 200 history. We had him on. Also, Cor- Corey Wetstein, uh, who is a movie producer called The Vision, an off-road movie. And then uh, we had Cody Barnes, who's a local kid, racing XC3 in the GNCC. We had the worm on hour number two, Larry Pagram, and off-road racer Evan Smith. Big thanks to PJ for uh, joining me. Thanks to Ed Kulenkamp, Jack DeLeon, Leanne DeLeon, Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, and Scott Casper. I'm Tony Wink. We'll talk to you next week. This has been Pit Pass. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, GenXGrownUp.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?